just once again make clear that which most do not seem to understand. This podcast is marked as explicit, not because it offers a mature look into the world of topics not meant for the young or immature, but because it mucks about in very appalling, gormless, and tasteless filth whilst reveling in it. Cinemus Psyops aims to drag you down into the very same muck filled with sexual deviancy and decayed morality. Cinemus Psyops. They heap weekly praise on such filth while discussing the most base and animalistic urges, reviewing the lowest common denominator of low-grade trash ever considered film.
390th consecutive week of Cinema PsyOps. I'm your host, Court, the guy who screams hello just a little bit longer every goddamn week we do this show. And highly frustrated and irritated with that annoying intro is my co-host, Matt. I mean, I'm not annoyed as much as I just wish you'd stop. (laughs) Just stop it. Just stop it. The longer it lasts, the worse it is. That's what my Uh, wife says uh, about our sex life. Oh, Jesus Actually, that's not true. I'm just trying to be funny. She's like, ah, I can only balance my checkbook so many times. <laughs> you done down there? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm a very boring lay, folks. Matt knows everything about my life, and that should all be clips. <laughs> I-, I am too, so don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, so we're starting pretty late again this week, but uh, it seems like you're in a better place at least. You're not as frustrated and upset about shit, so that's good. Well, I haven't had as nearly as many computer problems as I did last week. So. <laughs> he says just before the whole thing explodes on him. Yeah, that's my next concern. <laughs> <laughs> well, as long as it can uh, keep going while we're doing this uh, for now, it- it'll work. It's great. We're trying some new technologies, as I mentioned in the uh, bullshit before uh, that's, that's going to be in the outtakes. So I'm looking to try to maybe pare back the studio as much. I don't think I need. It is ridiculous. There are devices now that do all this stuff that the individual rack components that i have do that i don't need to use this much electricity every time i record a podcast you could sell some of that get some monies well yeah but it's a real niche market and i don't think i'll ever get what they're actually worth and you know some of those devices i have basically uh (laughs) ran until they burnt out over the 10 years that we've been doing this well eight running up on nine years that we've been doing this show yeah (laughs) <laughs> a lot of this stuff was old when I bought it and needed to be refurbished too. So I don't know. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm still probably going to keep some of the rack, but I don't think I need to go as crazy about this. I don't think I need yeah. all of the mixers and everything, especially since I'm only kind of doing this essentially. Uh, <laughs> well, how do I put this? I'm only really kind of doing this on the show as is right now, basically just because if I quit right now, there's a bunch of people that would probably like really miss us and we've been getting so many kind messages of the people that like basically look forward to this show and in some cases keep them going you yeah know, week, to week like i'm like i just i want to simplify things a little bit but at the same time you know i don't want to <laughs> i don't want to do this forever <laughs> no. you know what i mean <laughs> like eventually we're gonna have to we're, stop we're, right we're gonna have to end everything ends i mean <laughs> everything ends eventually yeah. so basically i don't i don't need the giant mixer i don't need all of this stuff just to basically record a stereo channel on a Tascam recorder like i forgot to do earlier in the show yeah um, i don't need all of that you know and oh, I, can st- yeah. I can still keep doing the show i think it was more or less i just wanted the equipment just to see if i could make it all work uh, yeah i think you're just uh yeah, you you like electronics too, so uh, I think that's also part of it. Yeah, and I think I have a fetish for vintage audio equipment. I do. I know you do. Yeah, I totally do. You love yeah. all the lights, though. You got to admit, you miss being in the studio with all the lights. I do kind of miss it. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> Although being in my own studio, which is just a bar, is kind of nice too. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, see, that's the that's the thing, and I'm kind of using it this week for the pablum, just basically because I feel like we're gonna have to probably pad out this episode regardless because we're gonna yeah. go through this real quick. I can tell. Oh uh, yeah. But so I'm just kind of bringing it up. Like I'm kind of gearing towards maybe getting you a setup at your house that is gonna be more studio like, and you know, like getting getting you squared away that way, and maybe even selling off the second mic I have in the studio, and just basically taking this to a solo podcast studio. Yeah, you know, I've actually been considering that because I don't need all this shit anymore. Yeah, um, <laughs> COVID COVID exposed. We can do all this uh, apart. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it worked. It was totally yeah. great. And it's it's literally like, I don't want you to waste the time and the gas money and the use of the car, you yeah. know, for just doing this show for a couple of hours every week. It just doesn't seem practical anymore. And it, the audio when, quality that we get isn't worth all that hassle is what I'm getting yeah, at. It's, yeah, it's uh, just kind of how it is. Uh, you know, it's, it's life. And uh, yeah, good times. <laughs> right well it's good talk good talk we're, we're really i'm glad we're living this kind of life right now <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i've just had some you know personal epiphanies realizations all that kind of weird bullshit good and, stuff yeah that's just kind of where i've been so uh, yeah part of the reason that i'm starting to think that way is because we covered delirium from 1978 I is think, it weird that i started riffing this like it was uh mystery science zero 3000 they could do a really good episode on this one just <laughs> uh yeah this is like a first time filmmaker that's very clear when we're watching yeah. this it's a very low budget production uh it's very scatterbrained in its storytelling absolutely uh but there are some real interesting like ideas and framework to this it's just the overall delivery is definitely riff worthy i believe yeah because yeah. it's a bit of a mess here and there just i mean listening to the cops talk i'm just here I'm like oh god oh, people making... are gonna get to hear that there are th 14 clips this week oh that's good that's good because <laughs> i mean how many times could a cop dismiss a victim <laughs> how many times can a cop say what have you got for us what have you got what are you doing oh look at you nancy drew doing your little detective work oh well, the funny Solving your own, solving your own, uh, the crime against you by yourself, because Lord knows we can't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for goodness sakes, you're already digging into the movie before we actually get into the review. So yeah, there's 14 clips. Pretty much all the stuff that Matt just talked about is going to be in the clips or somewhat in my notes. And it's really funny that you mentioned that because I actually take pot shots of the film in my notes. I remember writing things down like dear God, you know, about yeah. certain things. So I feel like we're going to have a really fun episode about a relatively mediocre movie that had a really good idea that just fell short. How's that yes. sound for a, a little bit of a pablum uh, delivery to get them interested in the review for Delirium? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's good. It's good <laughs> stuff. All right. So since uh, war is a very heavy theme for the movie for this week, we are going to have pretty much anti-war songs, although some people would argue that some of the songs are pro-war, and we'll see how that goes. We're going to be up first with Fear, Let's Have a War, right after this Legion Patreon ad. This will keep you quiet. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You caught me cutting a new show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet! My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting. But that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing, all the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, 
just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really. You can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash legion podcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon. And for $5, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash legion podcasts. We appreciate it and thank you for listening. Now, back to the cutting room. That's that's a little too real, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it sounds an awful lot like a protest song to me. That sounds very yeah. anti-war. I don't think some folks would be arguing that that would be pro-war. No, that can't be pro-war because I mean <laughs> that is just fucking right on you. Just like let's blame the middle class. Have you taken to Dow Jones? <laughs> I'm like, oh god. <laughs> yep, fear got it right. Whenever they wrote that fucking song, that's for Rockin', sure. And that's that's what I get a little worried about. Whenever I see the stock market start tanking, is when is the president going to go? Well, fuck it, time to time to do some more. <laughs> what is not a very good anti-war allegory is delirium, which we are now going to talk about. Yeah, the first twenty minutes opens up with a brief opening credits start of a car ride set to seventies cop TV show danger music that fades into eighties slasher danger music as a guy changes cars. We get a title that says St. Louis, nineteen seventy-seven, and then it cuts to two dudes get out of the car, dragging a third who is either dying or is dead or has been tortured to where he's near death. I'm not sure which is happening here. And then they dump him off the side of the bridge and they turn the car around and drive off. It cuts from that to a woman walks into an apartment building and has the keys to get into her apartment. There is dialogue. I'm sick of writing about this already. So that's our first clip. Jenny, Jenny, are you alone? Well, what do we got, Wallowman? Better go see for yourself. It's up on three. Hello, Paul, Larry. Busy night tonight. Aren't they all? What do we got? Well, take a look. Shit. That's pretty grim. Sure is. Who's the girl? A roommate. Her name's Susan Arcross. Did you get anything out of her? No. I figured I'd wait until you two get down here. This one's all yours. Larry, I want you to go over and see if you can calm her down. We're going to need her for some questions after a while. Are you all right? Do you have to leave her hanging on? Can't you take her down? Look, I'm sorry, miss, but we need to get as much detailed information as possible. The photographers will be done soon. I want this whole damn apartment just for Prince. I'll get right to it, sir. Larry, here's where they must have started. Yeah, look at this. Underwear is not torn. Looks like she took them off herself. She must have been in one hell of a hurry to get dressed. 
The medical examiner's finished. He's taking the body down now. Oh, are you able to get any prints? They're on the way to the lab. Let's go see if we can talk to the girl now. I'm very sorry about your roommate. It'd be a big help if you could give us as many details about her as you can remember. <laughs> her name's Jennifer Thompson. <laughs> she moved in here about three months ago. Do you, um, you have any idea who she was with tonight? He said his name was Charlie. He, he was up at my boss's office the other day looking for a job or something. <laughs> then we ran into him tonight. Well, well go on, Miss. I said hello. We talked for a while about my boss. <laughs> then I introduced him to Jenny. <laughs> well, they seemed to hit it right off, and they were talking and dancing and everything. And Later on, Jenny came up to me and asked me if I might finding another ride home, and I said no. <laughs> and she left with that guy. Miss Norcross, can you um, describe this man for us? He's about six feet tall, dark hair. I guess he's about 25. Can you tell us anything else? You can check with my boss. He's got the guy's application. How can we get a hold of your boss? <laughs> oh. He lives out in the county. He's Mr. Donald Andrews. He's in the phone book. I'll phone us in. I'll be right back. Do you have a friend or relative you'd like to stay with tonight? I have a friend that lives upstairs I could probably stay with. Wilson and Ivy are going to go out and talk to this Mr. Andrews. They'll call us if they get anything. Well, Miss Norcross, I'm wondering if you'd look around the apartment and see if anything's missing. Jenny's purse is missing. Probably has her keys, too. This film is uh, somewhat so ineptly made that it's starting to approach already at this point. You can tell by this clip, which, by the way, for everybody, you are welcome. I cut out the long pauses, the dead spaces, and the moments where they were just looking around the room doing absolutely nothing. So you're definitely welcome there. Uh, <laughs> but well, it demonstrates one. what you're definitely about to get in this film. Like it, yeah. it, it's, I haven't finished just yet. It's at levels of horror house on highway five. Just, it feels very much like horror house on highway five. Like yeah. it's, it's almost intentionally done like this. I just, uh, I just, that, that was the first scene where I was like, where he's like, Hey, did you talk to the girl yet? And they're like talking. I'm like, Oh, I, I, that's where I started riffing where the cops are. So, Oh, great. I always get the criers when they find their roommates freaking slaughtered oh, i always get the cry hey little lady i understand that your friend's up there almost dead but can you just calm it down yeah it's a very uncaring and very cold yeah. uh movie in that it feels like a lot of people are only out to what is going to be best for themselves except for our main heroine of susan but it's odd in the way that it does it because what this reminds me of is like those uh, sort of like 70s detective and cop shows like a Starsky and Hutch or whatever, where they're kind of just moving along and going with the flow and how things take them. This feels like a would-be pilot for a film that they threw more gore into, like yeah. a pilot of a TV show, you know, of a film, but they just threw more gore into it when that didn't work. That's what this feels like as of right now. Agreed. Like, to me. Yeah. Um, I even make that comment about the music, and I mean, it very much feels like a sort of Starsky and Hutch episode that's just amplified for violence and insanity. Yeah. Oh, All right. Yeah. So after this, they cut to annoying music as a dude runs through the woods and has a flashback of the murder he just committed that is being <laughs> investigated right now by the cops. That seems to have really shaken him up doing this murder like it's almost like he seems like he feels guilty about it but it's hard to really tell because he's just really dwelling on it and it doesn't seem like he's trying to relive it to like enjoy the fantasy and savor the moment it feels yeah. like he's tortured by it yeah it, it says it seems like he's not it's not like he got off on killing the person or anything like a like some other big killers would he seems more like he's mad that he did it and sad 
that he the, can't stop himself. The film cuts away from this performance and undercuts any of that tension that they were trying to build by doing so. And they actually cut to the roommate in her bed, having nightmares that wake her up before her alarm clock. Someone checks in on her right after that alarm clock goes off, like immediately. That's fucking rude. And that hey, is sleepy also head. Are you? I love that. Are you okay? And that leads to our next clip. Morning. How you feeling? Did you can't sleep at all last night. I gotta get moving. I still have to call my boss and tell him I'm not coming in. Hello. Hey, Miss Norcross. Yeah, this is Detective Mead. Listen, I called because we'd like for you to come down to the station today, if you can. Can I come down around noon? All right, well, it's the Detective Bureau, 12th and Clark, 4th floor. That's right. Okay, we'll see you then. All right, so there's a mini shower scene during that clip with tits out, so thank you, movie. Thank you, movie. The movie cuts back to the jogging and running maniac guy in the forest set to more annoying music as he has a flashback to a war on what appears to be a paintball range. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, I told you I riffed some shit in my notes. Yeah, you did, yeah. yeah. Is- I, I never knew Nam looks so nice in American. <laughs> yeah, and kind of like northeasterny in some spots with some of the maple everywhere. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> All right, so he is a soldier who is apparently has seen too much and lost his mind to become a full-fledged killer. There's something going on with that, but they keep showing these flashbacks that he is having of the paintball range with live rounds. Yeah. He wanders into a clearing and hops in a car that a picnicking couple foolishly left the keys in and steals that shit and drives it just like that's what he just did. Hey, that's my car. It's a convertible with the roof down and the key's still in it. I can't believe someone took it from me. He immediately happens upon a sexy hitchhiker lady and picks her up, then proceeds to drive the car as though he wants to kill them both with a crash. Yeah, yeah, but it is the 70s, so I guess everyone can get and pick up, you know, be hitchhiking and get in cars with strangers. You know, I, I wouldn't do it. That's just me, though. He has yet another guilty flashback of the murder, only this time it seems like we get to see more of what happened with a spear, not just the blade going in. And it's a little more clear that he killed this girl with a spear. Yeah. And then he ends up crashing the stolen vehicle with the girl in it, where he just gets out and walks away, leaving the hot hitchhiker behind like it's no big deal. Like he just keeps moving. He doesn't care. She also gets. I don't even. Who cares about this lady? She also gets out of the car, and then the film inexplicably cuts from this for no reason that makes sense to the pigs that are investigating the homicide. And that's our third clip. Well, Larry, I told you that broad wasn't raped. Hell, the coroner says she wasn't even laid. What did Wilson and Ivy get from Mr. Andrews? Oh, he wasn't much help. Said this guy came in the other day to apply for a job. He didn't have any references, so he didn't even keep him around. Didn't bother to have him fill out an application. You mean he just walked in and walked out? That's what they gave me. Well, maybe he's one of those weirdos that goes around office buildings sizing up all the broads. Hey, run a check on Vice. See if they got something that might fit him. Take a look at this. Remember Peter Sykes? Oh, hell yes. Jesus. Let's see. We had that guy tight on about five robberies and two murders. What's he up to now? He's up to getting buried. Found a son of a bitch in the Mississippi last night. Suicide. Oh, shit. Sykes a suicide. Come on. That guy pulled more fucking strings than a dozen puppet shows to beat all those raps. 
he wouldn't kill himself after all that. Well, there wasn't anything on him to change the verdict. We found his car parked down near the Eads Bridge, and he even had a note on the dashboard. See what you can find. Well, I wish my friend Charlie would go out and kill himself. Save us one hell of a lot of work. All right, it's already becoming abundantly clear that there are people that are being killed, that are criminals, that are made to look like a suicide, even though it makes absolutely no sense. And the yeah. police are totally cool about that. They're fine. They're fine. What was he, shot in the back of the head? Yeah, suicide. Obvious suicide. Let's go. After this, the film that's, cut... That's a, I'm sorry, but that's some mighty fine police work there, Lou. After this, the film cuts back to the killer, and we see the foolish hitchhiker follows him down to the beach, and they have dialogue here. I don't care how fucking short this is, so it's our next clip. Do you know you almost got us killed out there? Are you okay? Well, I'm going for a swim. During the clip, the hot hitchhiker strips for a swim, so thank you, movie. Yeah, thank you, movie. This arousing scene sets off our psycho lead as he apparently has erectile dysfunction and a serious hang-up about it that compels him to kill when he gets horny. You actually hear it in the background where uh, the girl that he originally killed was like, hey, you know, all men have this problem, and then, like, he starts hearing her like i think that's what she actually said to him but like he hears it in his head where she's laughing and like telling him that she's going to tell everybody she knows about this or something like that yeah yeah like yeah but it sounds like she's not saying it's like a flashback yeah or it's just in his head that he's like creating this or he just assumes that's going to happen but anyway this is what leads him to jump into the water and attack the naked hitchhiker and they struggle ruining the enjoyment of the nudity so boo movie yeah thanks a lot movie ruined about the only good thing you had going for it the struggle goes on for quite a while which pretty much ruins the whole entire feeling of her being naked and yeah and like it just ruins like the tension of them fighting in the water as well because it just goes on for too long and then he finally for whatever reason gets the upper hand and drowns her in the water they cut from that they cut from that to some kids building the sand some sand castles as a little girl sees the body and the kids pointed out calling for their mother (laughs) or for their parents and running off camera screaming that ends the first 20 minutes hey ma you might want to get out of here there's something floating no, they actually run off screaming and are supposed yeah, to be terrified, but they run off camera and then the film just holds on that then for that's quite the, a while before the cut. Is that the first 20? That is the end of the first 20 minutes, yeah. You know, I will say it does go action-packed in that first 20 minutes. <laughs> well, that's the thing. is like It never really is boring. It's just no. that it makes a lot of decisions with the editing and some of the musical choices that basically make you realize just how low budget and amateurish this production is but it doesn't take away from the enjoyment of the film you just either go along for the ride and accept the fact that yeah you're watching a movie that didn't have enough money to do this stuff that they're trying to do but they tried to do it anyway you know or you just won't be able to enjoy it and you're just going to complain the entire time i chose to do both i chose to complain in my notes yet enjoy it while i watched it weird i did the same (laughs) how about that you want to move on to the next 20? Yeah, sure. Yeah, let's do it. I got nothing left to say. (laughs) The second 20 starts at the police station, and there's dialogue and also our next clip. Hey, Romeo. Juliet just walked in. Oh, hi. Hi. Any trouble getting the day off? No. Let me get you a chair. Thanks for coming down. We really appreciate it. We notified your roommate's parents last night. Are they all right? 
They took it pretty tough. And we still haven't got anything on our car. This Charlie character, absolutely nothing. Incidentally, your boss wasn't much help. I thought he had an application from the guy. He told us the man didn't even have any references, so he didn't even bother having him fill one out. Well, this guy really wasn't in Mr. Andrews' office long enough for an interview, but he was in a good mood when he left. It, it doesn't make sense, does it? Well, we're going over again this afternoon and have another talk with him. You know, our men got him out of bed last night. Do you uh, feel up to looking at some mug shots? Hey, Parker, take Miss Norcross down to identification. We'll see you later, okay? What are you going to do, adopt her? That's uh, not a bad idea. <laughs> Come on. Let's pay a visit to our boss. Send them in. Mr. Andrews, I'm Detective Sergeant Paul Dollinger. This is my partner, Larry Mead. Thank you. Won't you sit down? Thank you. Would you like a cup of coffee? No, thanks. I've had plenty. What can I do for you? Well, we know you've already had to answer some questions. Yes, in the middle of the night, as a matter of fact. Well, sir, I'm very sorry for that inconvenience, but um, we were hoping that since you had some time to think it over, that uh, you just might recall something. No, I told those officers last night everything I know. As a matter of fact, I spent the rest of the night trying to think of something. And this man didn't have any references? None. And I don't hire people without references. But he did introduce himself. Yes. Do you remember what his last name sounded like? No. He did mention a last name, but I can't recall it. I'm sorry I, I can't help you, but... Mr. Andrews, we have one hell of a brutal murder on our hands. I'm afraid the only lead we have ends right here in this office. I've told you everything I know. What more do you want from me? This man comes to you for a job. You think enough of him to give him an interview. And yet all we get from you is a goddamn first name. What the hell have I got to do with it? Look, a young woman was murdered. The roommate of one of your secretaries. And this man could very well be the killer. Well, gentlemen, I'm sorry that I can't help you. But I'm, I'm really rather busy today. I'll have to ask you to leave. If you, uh, if you remember anything, you will call us. Oh, yes, of course. I'll call you. Weren't you crowding him a bit? Oh, maybe. I thought I could shake something loose. Oh, you think he's hiding something? I don't know. But if he is, you and I are going to find out. Let me talk to Stern. Stern. Listen, the police were just here another time. Now, they get to Charlie before you do, and he talks. Look, I told you not to worry. We'll take care of Charlie. Just go about your business as normal. And remember, we got a meeting tonight. That fool Andrews is afraid Charlie might talk to the police if they get to him before we do. Damn. I was afraid something like this might happen. You don't think Charlie would ride on his old army buddies now, do you? Well, we both know what Charlie's capable of. I flipped out once before. We don't know what he's going to do now. You think he'll show for the meeting tonight? 
I don't know. I really don't know. Come in. The matter of Mr. Sykes, sir, it's reached the newspaper. Good. Very good. Now we've got to find Charlie. Mark, you get a man on that. And both of you get things ready for tonight. Yes, sir. I only hope Charlie can avoid the cops until we get to him. He's been doing that ever since he got out of that hospital. There is some kind of, like, ex-army group turned criminal syndicate kind of thing going on with Charlie and the murder to look yeah. like suicide at the beginning. It all makes sense now. There. Like, Charlie was supposed to be working with this group, but apparently can't keep it together enough to only murder the people they say. Well, it's kind of like, uh, yeah, he's they're supposed to do, they're supposed to be doing, like, every shithead uh, preppers wet dream in which you know they're trying to clean up their streets themselves by killing people instead of you know having them be arrested and you know a proper trial and all that well, so it's it's like the daredevil thing where if he can't convict you even though he knows you're guilty he'll like put you in the hospital so you're out of commission yeah, only for these guys the same of time right but these guys just go straight to murders like sort of punisher style yeah. but they have a tribunal they have like this like military thing where i guess they were all in the military or at least some of the guys were guys that are doing the killing were in the military with the bald guy that runs this group or some shit like that yeah. it's kind of it's kind of hard to really tell at this point even even though we know later on when the film starts trying to make more sense. I mean, not a lot of sense, but it does make a little bit more sense what's going At on with the story. A little bit more. <laughs> right. <laughs> not as much, just more than it did, basically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, so they cut from all of this to Charlie running towards a barn in the country set to an awful score and misplaced barnyard sample noises of cows and things. He sneaks off up into the barn loft and finds a cat and a place to lay down and rest as he snuggles the cat and loves on it. Here I'm starting to think, well, okay, well, maybe this guy can be redeemed because at least he likes cats. Yeah, that, that can't be your end-all, be-all metric. If somebody, <laughs> if somebody can be redeemed or it's good, is that they like animals, all right? Just as, this happen just as this happens, yet another hot woman shows up looking for Freddy, who I assume is the cat, though she pets a dog too and then finds Charlie. She asks who he is and what he wants and is immediately assaulted by him before she fights her way free and runs off with Charlie giving chase after her. There is a tackling and struggling as Charlie tries to strangle her but is somehow overpowered by her at every turn. This really goes on way too long. They should have ch chopped this way down. Yeah, pretty and much. Until he finally gets shoved away towards a pitchfork which he picks up and uses that to puncture her throat and she is dead well fuck you then <laughs> <laughs> they cut from this to a table of sketchy ass dudes in a bunker of some sort and that is our next clip all right gentlemen we're all here for the same purpose let's get started one minute stern in the future when you send someone to me for money i don't want him coming to my office since charlie's last visit oh, to come my on done Charlie was a fluke, an accident. Well, we can't afford to have any more accidents. Look, I've got a position to maintain in this community. So do you. So do all of us. And I'm not going to have my position destroyed by one of your flukes. Look, Andrews, I'm going to ask you to remember that when you came to us some time ago, you said you'd do anything, absolutely anything, 
if we could correct the injustice that you had suffered. We took great risk to accomplish that to your satisfaction. But why do we have to let people like Charlie into this organization? I agree. No matter how right we know we are, we really stick our necks out. We don't need to hire men like him. What are we worried about? We hired Stern to take care of everything else. He'll take care of this too. Charlie was a good soldier. Mistakes are made. Now we can be more selective. Perhaps this would be a good time to add more members to the console. No, no, I don't think that's a good idea. The more people we bring in, the more people know our operation. That was our intention when we organized. When we hired Stern, he assured us he could control his men. We didn't expect you to hire psychos. We have no guarantee this won't happen again. Why don't we give Stern a chance to do his job? Maybe he's not capable. We can't afford mistakes like this. Are you suggesting replacing him? If we don't correct this problem now, we may jeopardize everything we've been working for. None of us can afford to make any mistakes. Charlie will not be a threat to any of us. I don't like it. Neither do any of us. Why don't we just let Stern handle this matter? Wells, I promise you that we'll get to Charlie before the police do. But if we don't... The discussion is ended. Are we ready? Good. Bring the prisoner in. Philip George Willingham, you have been charged here with the crimes of rape and murder. These same charges were made against you in another court of law and dismissed. We are here as a court of appeals to meet our final and just judgment for the benefit of all society. Now, gentlemen of the jury, you will know to a series of arrests on the accused. Philip George Willingham, how do you plead now? The accused pleads guilty. We have his signed confession. You verified the information we have? Our sources have confirmed his identity and his criminal record. What is his sentence? Death. As in the past, I've chosen the method that I found most appropriate. The police will have ample evidence to indicate that his death was a suicide. Get him out of here. Gentlemen, the meeting is over. We have work to do. I think it's time we allowed Mr. Wells to resign from the council. And I'll take care of Andrews later. After this, we see that a henchman has a red light flashing device in their hand that may or may not be a tracking device. As they are following the dissenter guy, the main bald leader once dead, back to his home, the henchman presses the flashing red light and it turns out it's a button and not just a light. And not only is it just a button, but it's a button that triggers off an explosion because the dissenter's car explodes as the henchman drives off. Way to spend your budget on explosions. Right? <laughs> yeah. That's, I, I mean, that's that's where all the money went right there. I also want to point out, too, from the looks of it with the car on fire, they did this without a permit as well, because there's other cars on the street, and it's just like kind of sitting in the middle of the street on fire. So I don't know what kind of guerrilla shit was going on with that, but I have to applaud them. They did their best. (laughs) Right? Holy shit. They cut from this to the police station and our next clip. Oh, my God. told you there's 14 of them for fucks I mean, that's true. Damn, I thought we'd have something by now. Yeah, Vice couldn't come up with a thing. And Miss Norcross couldn't make any of the mug shots. What about the sketch? Nah, too vague. Thank you. You uh, still having vibrations on Andrews? I don't know. I sure didn't like him pushing his weight around. Well, Miss Norcross said he always seemed all right to her. You mean the son of a bitch never made a grab for her ass? Look, it's getting late. I better get to the funeral. It's in half an hour. And don't forget. You're going out there on police business, not monkey business. Anything I can do? No, thank you. 
You going back to work this afternoon? I have to. I was going to take the day off, but my boss needs me to come in. Well, listen, I've got about an hour to kill before I'm due back at the office. Uh, why don't we go get some coffee? All right. You know, we found Miss Thompson's car down by the uh, river. Apparently, it had run out of gas. Larry, I've been thinking about what my boss told you. It just doesn't make sense. I mean, when we ran into Charlie the other night, he was in too good a mood for someone who had just been turned down for a job. Susan, we went over Andrew's background with a fine-tooth comb. We just came up with a blank. Something seems strange to me. Look, why don't we change the subject? Are you originally from St. Louis? All my life, how about you? Well, I was born in Dallas, but my folks came up here when I was just a kid. Do you like it here? I like my job. I gotta get back to work soon. Any new developments on the uh, spear killing? Well, I'm sorry, Chief, we're nowhere. We've got a few things we're running down, we're pushing a couple of weak leads, but uh, we don't even have a name. It's a tough one. Anything develop, any leads, keep you posted. We'll do, Chief. Where you been? Oh, I took her for coffee after the funeral. Sorry I'm late. How'd it go? As well as can be expected, I guess. Well, we have got ourselves another problem. The sheriff of Broadwater County called. They found a woman floating in the river, right in the same area where we found the Thompson girl's car. And guess what? She'd been strangled. Oh, no. You know, Susan, she's still not too sure about her boss. And neither am I. You know, I think we better have another talk with Mr. Andrews. The son of a bitch isn't telling us everything he knows. Come on, let's go. Another, oh, little lady, we're on a date. Why don't you let me handle the police work and we'll talk about where you're from. After this, the film cuts to Charlie running through a cemetery where he drops down behind a tombstone and catches his breath. That is the end of the second 20 minutes, and we have now hit the 40-minute mark. Yeah, man, just lots of misogyny and murdering. That's about it. At least these cops are smart enough to know that the boss isn't telling them anything. Yeah, they're not 100% bumbling dummies, but it no. very much feels like a cop show where they yeah. stumbled onto a criminal syndicate because one guy got out of control. Yeah, exactly. It's not like they did any great police work. The killers just made a mistake. <laughs> yeah, that's how I remember Starsky and Hutch being like, they didn't actually like do detective work. They just kind of stumbled into cases. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I I think I remember the exact goddamn same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A lot of 70s stuff was like that. It was only the ones like the detectives that got hired, like Rockford always had a case like, you yeah. know, where he had to actually do detective work. God, there was one episode of uh, Rockford, and that, that was with uh, James, James Garner. Garner. Yeah. Yeah. I remember one episode of that where all he wanted to do was go to sleep, and people kept waking him up, and I'm like... Man, I know. I know that feeling, bro. <laughs> totally living that, right? <laughs> yeah. All the poor bastard wanted to do is sleep and fucking can't even get that. <laughs> <laughs> the next 20 starts with Charlie having a flashback to his wartime where he was ordered to kill a woman and her baby, which he may or may not have done. Um, and that may or may not have been the thing that put him over the edge. It's really hard to tell because they don't really focus in on it. And it's just like 
just these scatter shot of images of what's going on, and then the film just cuts no, from but that. He definitely killed the woman and her baby, though. Oh just... yeah. Well, the film cuts away from that and into our next clip. Jesus. Mr. Andrews, those two detectives are here to see you. Show them in. I thought we were through with all of this. Well, we have a few more questions we'd like you to answer. We haven't been able to find one single person who remembers seeing this guy before we came into this building. Why do you suppose he picked you of all people to ask for a job? I'm running ads all the time, looking for salesmen. Yet he never even called you for an appointment. He walked right in here and you had time to talk to him. Look, is there something you're trying to tell me? Are you indicating that- No, no, no. That you're just one of the few people who's seen this man. We'd appreciate it very much if you'd take the time to come down to the office and go through some mug shots. I only saw him once. And then for a very short time. Besides, I, there's no way I can get away from the office today. I'll see what I can do for tomorrow. All right. We'll be in touch. That guy is hiding something. Hey, listen. Can you keep an eye on him for us? Don't worry. These visits are routine. What was that? I don't know. I'll call you back. Have you seen the Bloomberg file? Should be in there. Well, Mr. Andrews, is something wrong? No, I just wanted this paper. Well, so what do you think? I think our friend Mr. Andrews is not too interested in cooperating with us. What do we do next? I say we run Andrews to the newspaper files and see what we can find out there. After this, there are more wartime flashbacks from Charlie as his unit is slaughtered, it seems. I have no idea where this war is supposed to be, as I don't think there are many pine trees and or maple trees in Vietnam, but I could be wrong. There isn't, but that's exactly what he's doing. It's supposed to be in Vietnam, but it's not quite portrayed that way because, again, they didn't have the budget. Yeah, because they spent it all on explosives. Charlie is told to use grenades, so we have more explosions in the flashback, and the film cuts to Charlie running past an abandoned shack that is falling down, and then he sneaks inside. He has uh, an audio hallucination of a wartime prostitute who is offering him sex for 12 bucks. Then we see Charlie, like, talks her down to two bucks, I guess. They're about to get making with the fucking, and it turns out Charlie was impotent even back then as she laughs or makes light of it, and he kills her. And they cut from that to our ninth clip. Here's the tear sheet you wanted. We had to go back to three months of files to find these. Thanks, honey. I owe you one. Hey, Paul, do you suppose Sykes had... Hey, Paul? What, do you got something? Hey, listen to this. April 23rd, 78, Columbus, Ohio. Melissa Andrews, daughter of local businessman Donald Andrews, was found murdered on the campus of Ohio State University. Miss Andrews, 18, a student at Ohio State, was apparently raped and stabbed while walking to her home after evening classes. Lieutenant Robert Donaldson told reporters that no suspects had been arrested at this time. Miss Andrews had attended Ledoux High and was found majoring in speech. April 24th, 78, Columbus, Ohio. Police here today announced the arrest of Lewis Bricker in connection with the murder of Melissa Andrews of St. Louis. Uh, Lieutenant Robert Donaldson, in charge of the investigation, told reporters that a search of Bricker's apartment disclosed certain articles having been identified as belonging to Miss Andrews. Brickler, who is currently on parole from Kentucky State Penitentiary, will be arraigned on June 2. Want to bet? Murder suspect Lewis Brecker was released from custody today. 
Judge William Harper ruled that evidence in the case had been illegally obtained from Bricker's apartment. <laughs> As a result, all charges were dismissed and there are no plans to refile. What do you think about that? I don't know. But I'm going to find out. There's a Dollinger in Homicide. Yeah, I want to talk to the Homicide Bureau in Columbus, Ohio, a Lieutenant Donaldson. Yeah, thanks. Well, maybe we finally got some, huh? Oh, hello, Lieutenant. Paul Dollinger. Oh, just fine, just fine. How are things up in Columbus? Oh, good. Say, listen, um, last April, a St. Louis girl was murdered out of Ohio State University, a um, Melissa Andrews. Do you remember it? The last info we have in our files is that the uh, charges were dismissed and the uh, suspect was allowed to go free. Anything new come up since then? You're kidding. Yeah. yeah. Hey, well, thank you for your trouble. Yeah, bye. Bye. <sighs> I never did refile charges against him. He hung himself. Oh, not another one. Yep. Detective Donaldson said they were surprised as hell. Bricker left a note, too. And the coroner ruled it a suicide. Have you guys come up with anything new on the Sykes case? Well, Captain, we think we may have just gotten something, but we don't know what the hell it is yet. Seems our friend Andrews had a daughter who was murdered up in Ohio. So, uh, what the hell does that mean to us? Well, the police had to let the only suspect go on a technicality. Then they found him again last month. Dead. Don't tell me another goddamn suicide. Hung himself. And yes, he left a note, too. Well, if this shit keeps up, we can all go fishing. Say, uh, do you have any idea how Andrews fits into all this? Captain, I'm beginning to get some ideas, but... If I went to the DA right now, he'd throw me out of my ass. But this son of a bitch Andrews is hiding something from us. That I am sure of. Well, uh, you better have some evidence. Say, remember those other suicides the past couple months? Yeah, but we went over those in detail. We came up empty-handed. That's right. So let's have the coroner go over those files and see what the hell they can find. Well, what have you got for us? I think you guys are going to like this one. We found something that may link all seven of your cases together. That's great. Who's we? Dr. Albright himself went over these cases. Come on, I'll show you. Hi, Paul. Good How to see you. Good to see you, too. This is my partner, Larry Mead. Larry, Larry, pleasure. Well, Jim's been telling us that um, you may have found something interesting in these files. Yes, we've reviewed the case, and we do find uh, that, as a group, uh, they have something unusual, and that is that the stomach and upper intestinal tract are all empty in these cases. Well, how do you explain that? They haven't eaten. Uh, for how long? Well, as long as several days, possibly. Foul play? Well, it's possible, but we can't be sure. Look, Doc. We're talking about seven known criminals, six men and one woman, each of who died in a very similar rundown condition. Now, these deaths could be the result of foul play, now, couldn't they? It could be. Well, at least it gives us something to go on. I hope so. Is everybody still awake after that? I'm sorry, what were we doing again? <coughs> Water went down the wrong tube, goddamn. <coughs> yeah, I heard you dying during the clip. Yeah, I know. It was even fun shit like you do. <laughs> <laughs> they cut from this exposition to Charlie slinking around a house. And he hears a woman humming as he does so. 
he sneaks around from what looks like the back of the house to like the front of the house, but it's really hard to tell. But there's like a porch and a bunch of stuff like that. And the front door or that door at that porch is open. And then he just pulls on the screen door, which is also not latched. And it's just able just to walk right inside the house. We see the humming woman is prepping for a bath as she strips down and hops into the tub. So thank you, movie. We got more boobs. Yeah, all right. It's nice of the movie to give us the nudity before it becomes uncomfortable nudity. I'm glad that they considered that. Yeah, right. It's like, uh, hey, thanks a lot, movie. You're uh you're not so bad. <laughs> Charlie lurks about the house and steals some food, and the woman hears him rooting around the kitchen but thinks nothing of it, shakes her head literally She's to the like, side. Nah, uh, nothing. <laughs> just people rooting around my house. It's It happens. <laughs> this lady is super chill, and we'll find out why later on. Yeah. Uh, Charlie finds a cleaver, and this will end badly for anyone on the other end of that cleaver. This is for sure. So Charlie sneaks upstairs to obviously kill yet another woman because he is impotent. He trips over something, making yet another noise, and the woman yet again disregards this as nothing to be concerned yeah, with. Yeah, no, it's nothing. We're fine. <laughs> Before Charlie can kill the woman, a grocery delivery dude pulls up in a van and calls out for her. We learn that homeowner's name is Sherry, and Charlie darts down the stairs and cleaves the delivery dude to death, which gives Sherry the chance to escape. She grabs a fucking shotgun and trains it on Charlie as he ascends the stairs towards her in a threatening manner. She blasts him a good one in the abdomen, and that seems to have taken him out. She walks towards him very cautiously to check on her delivery dude, who is very obviously dead. Yeah. Uh, she stands over his body, and his body sort of reaches up and flips over at her, causing her to scream. And they cut from this to our 10th clip. Good guy. Boys, I pinned my badge on damn near 25 years ago, and I thought I'd seen just about everything. Paul, I'm beginning to pick up some of the same vibrations you had earlier. Hell, maybe when we catch this Charlie character, he can tie it all together for us. Hey, guys, a sheriff in Broadwater County just called again. They think they got your man. He's dead. Dead? Suicide? Not this time. Some gal got him with a shotgun in self-defense. Sheriff said he fits the description. A deputy's bringing over some prints. Now what do we do with all these suicides? Why don't we just wait for the prince to get here? It may not be the guy we're looking for. Let's hope. Let me talk to Stern. We've got another problem. What? They got Charlie? No, it's my secretary, Susan Norcross. I think she was listening in on our conversation this morning. How much do you think she heard? I don't know. But she's in tight with one of the detectives. She might convince him to look a little closer. All right. You just keep cool. Don't do anything. We'll take care of things from this end. Stern, if this isn't handled right, it could blow up in all of our faces. Every problem has a solution, Andrews. I'll get back to you. Our friend Andrews is beginning to panic. He thinks his secretary might have something on us. You think we should ease off for a while? Hell no. I put too much of myself in this to stop now. We've got to prove that we're capable of solving these little problems. Get rid of Susan Norcross. Won't that cause Andrews to pull out? Or maybe even go to the cops? What, be an accessory to murder? No, no. He'll fear the police for being implicated, and he'll fear us even more. How can we kill the girl without getting the police even more suspicious? <sighs> she still lives in the same apartment, right? Well, we'll make it look like Charlie did it. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Can I help you? Hi, Susan. Oh, hi, Larry. I think we got Charlie. Oh, thank God. 
We'll know for sure any minute. We're waiting for a set of prints. Hey, uh, you never gave me an answer about uh, dinner tonight. Can we make it early? Great, no problem. I promise I'll have you home early. Listen, I have to go. Okay. Bye. Hey, Larry. The prints match. Hey, the prints. Looks like they got our man. Listen to what came in from Washington. His full name is Private Charles Gunther. He served two years in Vietnam. The Army gave him a medical discharge due to battle fatigue, and he escaped from the Illinois State Mental Hospital over a year ago. I want you guys to stay on those suicides. Now that this case is ended, you'll have plenty of time. Thanks a bunch. And that is the end of the hour mark of the film. Yeah, yeah. now you guys got plenty of time to do other police work, you shitheads. <laughs> I'm real angry. Yeah, apparently. I mean, the film isn't that bad that you should be that upset. It's just relatively amateurish. I just don't like these guys. <laughs> well, I don't like any cops, so I'm not going to try and talk you out of it. Yeah, there we are. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else before we move into the final act of the film? Nope. It's pretty much self-explanatory, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, the ending starts with the detective taking out of the young woman for dinner as he smooshes his way into her life using the trauma of her roommate's murder as a way to manipulate this poor woman. Yeah. Yeah. She's she, gross. <laughs> she immediately starts talking plot during the dinner, so fuck it. That's our 11th clip. I forgot to tell you, I listened in on one of my boss's phone calls yesterday. What did he have to say? I didn't hear very much, but some guy was telling Mr. Andrews not to worry. Did you hear anything else? I had to hang up. Well, I think Mr. Andrews knew I was listening in. Well, he came out of the office and he was acting guilty and everything, and I was scared, so I didn't have a chance to tell you till now. Do you have any idea who he was talking to? I didn't recognize the voice. You know, you're going to get yourself in trouble if you don't quit playing detective. <laughs> uh, they cut from that dinner to the dude in the Camaro who killed the dude with the bomb. Um, he's like their killer for hushing up folks. Uh, he breaks into the young woman's apartment and grabs the Michael Myers special knife to wait for and kill her. Yeah. We see the pig bringing her back to her home as he kisses her goodnight, and she walks into a definite murder trap. The pig heads down the stairs as the lady goes into her bedroom to undress, and a man comes in to stab her, but misses. He hits the bed instead. The pig hears the scream and the scuffle that ensues from that and runs up the stairs as the woman darts out of her apartment and down the stairs. They run into each other quite literally. They all, all but collide. They just stop short of colliding. And she tells him about the intruder, and a shortlist neighbor tells about the direction that the man fled. The reason for this is the pig runs upstairs with the gun, and he pulls it on the shirtless man because it's the first man that he sees. And the guy's like, whoa, it's not me. The guy just took off that way. Yeah. <laughs> shirtless guy's like, man, I am way too stoned for all this. <laughs> Standing there in the hallway with a fucking beer in his hand and, you know, yeah. all that. But it's apparently I'm a neighbor. I'm just trying to chill. Yeah, it's apparently a neighbor that this young woman knows, though, because they actually immediately start talking, and he checks up on her and all of that. Oh, he seems like a nice enough bloke. Yeah, he's just standing around with a beer in his hand and his shirt off. It's the 70s. You could get yeah. away with it back then. I mean, you could probably still get away with it now, too. I mean, <laughs> well, not that hard. <laughs> while running while running to his getaway driver, he is hit by a car, and the driver gets out to check on this man. The cop is there, checks his pulse, and the dude is dead. There's more dialogue, so fuck it. That's our 12th clip. <laughs> you the driver? Yeah, but... I never saw him. I don't know where he... What happened? Hey, don't worry, man. I don't think it was your fault. 
lady said it was all over when Charlie was dead. I thought it was. Daddy has got a thing on him. Go ahead. What happened? Yeah, you're not going to like this, Paul. This guy tried to kill Susan. He was waiting for her in her apartment with a kitchen knife. It was loaded. How the hell use a knife when you got a loaded gun in your pocket? Paul, did he try to kill the roommate of the girl who was murdered here the other night? Is there any connection between the two incidents? I don't know yet. You know who he is? Say that till we get our story, you'll get your story, okay? All right. I went prints and pictures on my desk the first thing in the morning. Okay, you got them. Could you tell me a little bit about this um, phone conversation you overheard yesterday? Mr. Andrews was talking to another man about your being there. And the man told him not to worry. I had to hang up. I think Mr. Andrews knew I was listening in. You know, I knew Andrews fit in here somewhere. Now if I can just figure out where. Oh, Miss Norcross. Um, you are going in to work again tomorrow, aren't you? You think that's a good idea? Well, if Andrews is involved in all of this, it um, might make me a little suspicious if she doesn't show up. Yeah, but if he is a part of this, is Susan going to be safe in that office? Yeah, but Andrews wouldn't be that stupid to try something in his office. And after all, he's supposed to be a respectable businessman. Well, I was planning on going anyway, I mean, before all this. Maybe I can dig up some more clues. No, you just stay out of Andrew's way. Would you um, like for me to arrange to have a policewoman sit with you tonight? Well, I think I can arrange something. Yes, that would really work great. Uh-huh. Oh, hold the line. Where's Miss Norcross? She hasn't come back from lunch yet, sir. Well, I'm going out for the afternoon. Cancel the rest of my appointments. Okay, fine. Uh-huh. I've got to run now. Hey guys, for how much longer do I uh, get this royal escort service? Oh, might just be for a long time. I'm here just to keep him out of trouble. <laughs> hey, I'm late. I gotta get back to work. Well, remember to keep an eye on Andrews, okay? And I'll call you about five. Hey, Larry, it's my turn tonight, isn't it? I don't know. You think you can handle it? <laughs> Thanks for lunch. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Stern, have you seen the newspaper? Mark showed me in. He was there. That's unfortunate. Unfortunate? What the hell are you doing? He tried to kill my secretary. I'll never get the police out of my hair now. The girl knows too much. We anticipated her death would be blamed on Charlie. The board didn't give you the right to act as you please, especially when it comes to killing innocent people. I demand that you call a meeting. Now, I'm on my way, Stern. Because she overheard her boss upset about the attempt on her life, our heroine heads out after her boss following him in a car. Susan may be the most obvious tale in the history of tailing. Yeah, uh, I'm like, even I would be able to tell she was following me. <laughs> the sequence feels super padded, even though the score may be trying to convince us that it is riveting and dangerous stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I was so tense. Our heroine finds the meeting bunker and then makes a call. Yeah, it's dialogue, so that is our pent ultimate clip. <laughs> Homicide, please. One moment, please. Homicide, Sims. Is Detective Meade in? I'm sorry, ma'am. He's out of service. How about Detective Dollinger? They're both out of service. Can I be of some help? This is Susan Norcross. Do you know what time they'll be back? I expect them back any minute. Okay. Would you tell them that I'm down on the riverfront on Wharf Street and that I think I might have found something? Tell them I'll call them as soon as I can, okay? 
After the call, she goes snooping around the place and then just enters like a fucking idiot into the lion's den. As she's snooping around the old building by the light of a lighter, she is startled by a rat and is immediately captured. What a fucking idiot. Yeah, that was, I mean, why would you go in there without like backup anything? Yeah, she knows the guy's in the building. She can stay there and keep an eye on him and make sure that he doesn't leave. All yeah. she has to do is note the address, but no, she has to go getting in there to get into trouble yeah. so that she can be a dame in distress <laughs> that they not, can save. I, you're not doing you yourself any favors right there. I'm just saying. <laughs> they cut from this to the pigs and our last clip. 4428 to base. Go ahead, 4428. 27 and 28 are in service. Uh, do you have anything for us? About five minutes ago, Susan Norcross called. Said she was at Wharf Street and would call you again when she could. Said she might have found something, but she didn't say what. Who the hell does she think she is, Angie Dickinson? I don't know. She might be in trouble, though. Hey, you're right. Let's move. This board simply cannot allow certain individuals to make decisions on their own. She was a threat to us. I was trying to protect the organization. But you're talking about killing an innocent girl. Now, this organization was formed to protect the innocent. This is something you and I are going to have to work out between us. Susan! Speak of the devil. This will make things easier. What are you going to do with her? We have no choice. You're not going to kill her. I won't permit it. You won't permit it? That's right. You won't permit it. I'll tell you what you will permit. That goes for all of you. Sit down, Andrews. Andrews! Burn you! Sit down, you son of a bitch! Next. Your friends? After this, the leader of the murder cult darts off with our heroine Susan and hopes to use her as leverage as a hostage, apparently. He leads her up the stairs and out of the bunker while his henchman goes to get a car. He accomplishes this by climbing up a bridge and running down the sidewalk until he can carjack some poor dude. They cut from that to Susan being dragged through a factory of some sort by the leader of the death cult as more cops roll in. The getaway car arrives and is chased by some pigs as they both seem to just be doing donuts under a bridge as a chase scene. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a little weird. Uh, the chase scene is uh, not very chasey. <laughs> the getaway driver is shot by a pig sniper dude, crashes the car into a kick-ass explosion as the death cult leader takes his hostage out the front door. He threatens her, Susan breaks free, and the cops have a shootout with the leader as they trade shoulder wounds, and he darts back inside of the building. Susan is rescued, and our main detectives go in after the death cult in a slow and plodding pursuit. Yeah, it's uh, that's really weird. <laughs> death cult leader is back down to the bunker area where it turns out the other dudes were just chilling. Cult leader arms himself to the teeth and stares out the door. He tells them none of them better leave this room, so one of the men goes for a revolver, and the other tries to grab it, and in the scuffle... 
They somehow shoot an explosive in that armory box the cult leader got his guns out of. They just both explode. It's insane. Goodbye. (laughs) They must be dead. And this cult leader has his own flashback as he tries to run his way out and trades shots with some cops. The shots alert all the pigs as the flashback intensifies where he thinks he is headed to a chopper, maybe? More shootouts pad out the end of the film. The leader is in full flashback when he hears the chopper above him as he thinks he is being left behind by the chopper, so he swears at it, has a shootout with the cops in the open, and then is killed by a hail of bullets. The cops stand over his corpse, and for no good reason, Susan runs over to her would-be boyfriend pig, and the music tries to to convince us this is all moving and tragic as the cult leader finally dies and the film focuses on his blood on the ground with some bits of grue in it and stuff and then the credits finally roll the film's a bit of a mess i will freely admit that absolutely but it is an enjoyable mess it moves very quickly you don't really have moments where you're super bored before something else starts to happen or they just inexplicably cut to more dialogue for no reason and i literally described everything that happens on film and all that i really got was the suicide cult had something to do with vietnam pretty sure the bald dude was in charge and this was the unit that survived the slaughter they're all fucking insane they all have never left the war and never got the help that they needed and then they became this like syndicate of vengeance angels that go after people that did horrible things and get away with it but there's supposed to be like a tribunal vote on whether or not to do that and then they decide to sentence them but really it's just an excuse for the bald-headed leader of the group and the group to just go around killing people still because they can't stop yeah yes this is this is all truth facts congrats that's the Uh, most of what i could get from the story and it just so happens that it's like a demented a team yeah that's a great way of putting it it's like a demented death squad a team yeah exactly good good (laughs) yeah figured it out yeah mixed with a little bit of starsky and hutch right like it's yeah it's basically that's kind of what you got for the story and everything there's some really interesting ideas like the idea that these guys came back with mental illness and you know start just started into criminal criminal syndicate of some sort we know that does happen for a lot of uh folks that you know had issues in war or were in war It, it like veterans do um end up Uh, in alarming numbers involved in organized crime and things like that, using the skills in their training for evil, (laughs) if you will, because uh, there's not really much else for them. And the criminal world tends to give them enough leeway to deal with the issues that they have while they're doing this. It does happen. It's a very tragic thing that does happen. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's interesting that in 1979, this film is recognizing that and trying to point that out and make a sort of anti-war statement with it. I mean, it's, it's, uh, there's a really beautiful framework of ideas in this film that are just kind of falling apart and executed poorly. This is rife for a really good remake. I would say, you know, you have to, you, you could take this framework and this story and like really put some stuff over top of it and really get like sink your teeth into the characters and their issues and, and all of that kind of stuff and make it not that they're trying to, you know, get Charlie back to cover this up, but like they're trying to get Charlie help. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and they are also trying to cover it up, but they also want to help him. Like they're actually a brotherhood of veterans, not just a bunch of psychopaths all out for themselves and killing. Well, I mean, you could still make them a, a bunch of psychopaths and, Still yeah. have it be the story of... Yeah, well, there's still uh, a bunch of psychopaths, but it's more of a brotherhood where they take care of each other. 
<laughs> that's what I would like to see anyway. You know, if, oh, okay. if it were redone, that's that's all yeah. I'm just saying. Um, it's not terrible. You know, I don't hate that I own it. Um, I don't know if I'm ever really gonna watch it again, yeah. honestly. Um, but it's you know, it it's just the right level in an, of inept to where the things that are supposed to be super uncomfortable are just kind of laughable, and then the parts that are intriguing and interesting and thought provoking are actually still kind of thought provoking. It just kind of misses the mark. So it's just it's just kind of a you know a a, a first time film that just doesn't quite deliver on the goods you know yeah but not necessarily a bad thing I would check out this person's later work for sure oh yeah I think yeah later on work could be just fine yeah so there we go do you want to move on and do some news or you want to keep talking about how this film disappointed us a little no no let's let's uh, let's do some news all right so we're gonna take a little break here we're gonna play the stiff little fingers with. Is that what you fought the war for? And when we come back, we'll have some PSYOP news. undeniably a war protest song man jesus yeah. yeah that is definitely one yeah yeah that's a just that's a general protest song going against like whatever it is that uh the government did from the war that, that, that was fought right like yeah it's right. just it's like a whole indictment of society right there that was wonderful <laughs> i found that quite moving and a lot more moving than i actually did the movie but i'll stop bagging on it i swear as long as we just give them some news. This one comes from our main man, Chris. Ah, our main man, Chris. He must have an incredibly long penis. I'm sure he does. So anyway, (laughs) uh, let's see here. Pretty much everybody whose news story gets picked is getting that clip, regardless of whether or not they have a penis. Yeah, right. (laughs) Whether or not you have one, that's no longer a question. (laughs) So, uh, all right. uh, While we're... uh, uh, UK town cancels New Year fireworks for walrus. <laughs> uh, only God damn this website. Fuck, man. Why are all websites just fucking cancer for phones? Anybody <laughs> want to tell me that? It's probably just Android. So it's a walrus. You said he must yeah, have I, an incredibly long penis. All right. I got it. I got it now. Hold on. Jesus. All right. 
UK Town cancels New Year fireworks for Walrus, only for to masturbate and leave. Pulling it just to pull it. I think he is, but, you know, let him be. Uh, it's going to cost you some serious cock. <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, Goddamn. Anyway, a Walrus on the shore of Scarborough, UK, uh, in December. Yeah, the Walrus was masturbating on an island that they were going to fire fireworks off of, so they caused that that caused the fireworks to be canceled. Yeah, I don't think he was planning on masturbating, though. He just did that. Um, <laughs> I think everybody has to make a plan before they do. You got to have a ritual involved. Or yeah, what's you got to you got to be set. You got to be ready, or else I mean, what's the point? Um, all right, here we go. God damn. Let's let's do this now. A walrus on the shore of Scarborough, UK in December brought visitors from far and wide to view the magnificent marine mammal that was a long way from home. However, late night visitors to Thor, as the walrus has been nicknamed, got ringside seats to an expected uh, peep show as it took the opportunity to masturbate. That's one way to leave a lasting impression. The Thor's trip to Scarborough saw the town cancel its New Year's Eve fireworks display in order to protect the mammal, a move that was celebrated by many for prioritizing the well-being uh, of wildlife over human entertainment. So that is nuts. The walrus first made an appearance on December 30th, after uh, after which a, uh, co- uh, a cordon was set up to keep him safe. At some point, uh, bullshit happened. Uh, hold on here. Uh, this is like traces of death. Fuck to porno. It's going to get to that point. And yeah, other horse so. sex news. Right. Uh, all right. So, uh, at some point during this rest up, it seemed the animal felt no pressure from the many watching his eye from the many watching eyes as it began masturbating with the flipper. You might think- <laughs> it was done out of fear. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, I'm sorry. I get nervous. <laughs> <laughs> he masturbates when he gets nervous. What's wrong with that? Clip. Leave him alone. God damn it. Well, at least they said he, not I. <laughs> Let's see here. I need to edit it so it says I. You can't do that. That's that's cheap. <laughs> <laughs> I am cheap. Yeah, well, that is true. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's see here. You might think the behavior uh, you might think the behavior crass, but it's common across many wild species. Thor could even be congratulated for practicing some restraint, as some walruses have been observed practicing oral sex on themselves. I mean, if you could do it, why not, right? I, I know that's just mankind being jelly, uh, <laughs> right? Masturbation has also been observed among wild primates, horses, and squirrels. Some animals have even been observed using objects to get the job done, like uh, a wild chip that got created with a discarded plastic bottle. <laughs> and, and in this article, there's a link, apparently, to go watch that video. So, <laughs> Hey, if you're into it, folks, there you go. You can watch a chimp fuck a bottle. Yeah, right? There you go. Have fun. <laughs> evidently, He's the plan- moving on to footballs next. Yeah. Evidently, the plan to cancel the fireworks for Thor's comfort left him feeling relaxed enough to masturbate but unfortunately for the town he had made his exit before the turn of the new year thor's episode of indecent exposure in a public place might have left him a little red face and fleeing for blith over 100 kilometers north but he fared far better he fared better than Farah, a walrus that was euthanized in norway back in august over public safety concerns walruses are usually found Further in the ice-covered waters off the coasts of Canada, Greenland, Norway, and Russia, their increasing presence in European habitats may be the result of climate change destroying the sea ice they usually depend on to feed and reproduce. 
disappearing sea ice has been has seen walruses gather in the in their thousands on beaches in Alaska. Such large gathers on land can be catastrophic as smaller walruses risk being injured and killed in stampedes, even in small gatherings. In large numbers, the arrival of a polar bear could cause many deaths within a group. Uh, see here, the as the climate crisis continues, Europe could see more and more of these animals seeking refuge or release, if you know what we're saying. Let's jack it or something. Yeah, that, exactly that. Shoot some fucking ropes. Why not? Let's do that all the time. <laughs> yeah, I think it's about a good time to pull the chain on this. It's, the new uh, story's over, right? Yes, it is over. All right, we're going to play the Ending Legion promo right now, and then when we come back, we're going to have Bob Dylan with Masters of War, inarguably the most anti-war song ever written. If you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network, like Cinema PsyOps, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcast, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Metal Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick 6 Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Which Versus the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found. Listen to Masters of War. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like in its entirety when you get a chance, folks. Jesus fucking Christ, that song. Oh man, that's that'll that'll get you every single time. 
all the time. And right? if it's not getting you and you're all still pro-war, then uh, I don't know what I can yeah. do with you, and I don't know why you're listening to this show. Yeah, there's, yeah, I mean, this is not the show for you. <laughs> it probably is not. If you'd like to try and find any of the previous instances where maybe this was the show for you, they are all available, all 389 of them, at legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops dash podcast. I'm also available occasionally on the Legion Discord chat. I've told you folks about it before. It doesn't always become the most kicking conversation piece in there, but there's some stuff that drops every now and then. And the more you participate, the more other people will participate too, I promise you. But it's out there on Discord Legion's chat. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, in the notes of the show, there's also a link that will take you to there where you can get signed up and request uh, to join the Legion Discord chat. Uh, Okay, let's go through the memes and how they get distributed. First, to the Instagram cinema underscore psyops, then to the cinema psyops, Psyops Facebook page for the show, and then shared to my feed for Court Psyops on my main news feed, and then shared to the group aptly named Cinema Psyops for the show as well. That's how all you're going to get the memes thrice daily during the working day for the working week or the working stiff. That's right. It's going to be very nice for everyone. Now, of course, the memes are not supplied on my days off, so, you know, if I'm not working, I'm not memeing because solidarity, I guess. Yeah, come on, we have to have some time off. You know, you gotta be able to do all you want. <laughs> yeah, I'm also doing this show for 390 weeks consecutively of my life, and you've been a part of most of that. Most of it, yeah. And I've been around. <laughs> yeah, you've been for the bulk of it, let's just put it that way. The few that yeah. you have missed has not really been many. Yeah, Jesus yeah that's right. Christ. <laughs> sometimes uh, I was almost deathly ill. <laughs> and sometimes you were vomiting and still trying to do the show. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, while you're out there still listening as many consecutive weeks as we've been launching this shit, kick the fuck out of this week and make it your bitch. For some reason, yeah, it wasn't like picking up my microphone at all. Yeah. Go ahead and see uh, if you click on the more on your meeting, you should be able to record on your side. I think I enabled that, that that's allowed. Uh, hold on. Let's see here. More. Yeah. Record. Yeah. You can just record to that computer and uh, Zoom will take care of it all in one app. All right. The uh, host is unable to receive your request to record. Hmm. The host is on an incompatible client or device. Please ask them to give recording permissions manually. <laughs> All right, fine. We'll just try it on this way and see if it works. Um, All righty. Yeah, you lowered your background noise settings a little bit, too. You took it off of auto and put it to yeah. like medium or low. I put it to low. Uh, okay. yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that should take care of most stuff, like the clicking and clacking overhead and stuff. Yeah. My hope is that if this works the way that I'm hoping it will and we can get it to where you can record on your side... 
or I can get you a recording of you separately that gets uploaded without any uh, glitchy things going on, that this will basically take care of it, and I can even start paring down my studio. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> I don't think I need the gigantic radio station I once built. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> All right, man. Well, we've already started really fucking late, so let's just fucking do this and get let's, it going. Let's get into it. All right, here we go. Yeah, and it's a really good thing that I'm recording this, uh, by the way, on the Skype, because I just realized I'm not recording it on the Tascam recorder. <laughs> oh, well, that's good. Yeah, three, two, one. Hey, real quick, do you ever think you did more to edit, make that clip, than just write that down? <laughs> Absolutely not. I, all I did was hit record and then stopped yeah. it. That was it. Uh, that was it. Uh, you, didn't, you didn't have to move any silences or anything? Nope, not at all. Oh, nice. Okay, well then, yeah, that's quick. <laughs> Plus, I have uh, macros set up now, so I can edit even faster. I did 14 nice. clips in like 15 minutes, man. Goddamn. <laughs> I got to build me some of those goddamn macros. <laughs> I tried to tell you that I was setting this stuff up, and you're like, no, you're the editor. And I have proof, because I actually said that I can help you with setting that yeah. stuff up. And you said, no, I don't need it. And there's an, a recording of you saying it. <laughs> anyway, sidetrack. Uh, well, Jesus Christ, yeah, just fucking, I didn't know you were doing all that. <laughs> back to the movie. Oh, no. Oh, no. What happened? Tragedy. I dropped my weed, and I don't know where it went. My oh, legally God. derived uh, hemp high I dropped. I don't know where it went. Not, not the weed. Oh, I found it. We're good. We're good. Well, okay. thank God. Yeah, this episode can continue. This, Are we ready this to show, move on? This, We would have had to end the show. Yeah. No, let's do it. All right. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> what are we going to, what are we doing with our lives? So I'm not even all that sure anymore. Fuck. God damn it. I'm going to have to fucking completely... Hold on. I don't know what the hell is going on around here. <laughs> we had like zero outtakes until this. So it's I know. Fine. I know. I know. Oh, hold on. Let hey, me just... bro. I can't get it up. <laughs> hey, that should have played that during the film. That would have been really tasteless. <laughs> that, that would have been, yeah. The loving three-way with a corpse. Everything I have a clip of me is tasteless practically. Yeah. Gotta love a girl who can take a punch. A girl gets terrified enough. The only thing that's going to solve that is a cock. I'm advocating yeah, right? corpse fucking here. <laughs> who is Mostly it? Mostly because I put my penis inside of you. Bareback. <laughs> it's still Good not working. Yeah, hold on. And there's a lot of weighing around. My dick and balls are worth a lot more than $60. You think, but it's not always goes that way. Why are you coming to public swimming pools? That's actually a very good question. All right. They're still listening as many consecutive weeks as we've been launching this shit. Kick the fuck out of this week and make it your bitch. All right, awesome. All right, cool.
Now, I'm kind of thinking that I may not have stopped the recording last time. I think I may have just exited the window, and maybe that's why it didn't record properly. Yeah. So I'm stopping it now.